The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. I want to talk about a game that my family and I play. Uh, it's not... It's not actually a fun game. It's an exercise in trying to figure out what's at risk if I don't do this thing that scares me. And I have been playing this game uh, on my own for about the last five years, and I wish that I had known about it when I was younger because I think that playing this game has changed my life in immeasurable ways. So I want to tell you about the game I like to call What's the Worst Thing That Could Happen? And I was playing this game myself (laughs) last night because, uh, can I admit something to you? I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I have spent the last uh, five months of my life creating a program that no one will ever hear about, that will not help anyone create the amazing stories I hope they will create. And so I was playing this game myself because I'm getting ready to order a uh, crap ton of books, that's a technical term, by the way, for the Write This Way course. Uh, And I have to put my money where my mouth is in that I need to buy inventory to have to ship out to people when they sign up for the course because it's a book and then has a workbook that goes with it. And you need both of those. And I'm selling them as a package. Uh, And I'm also selling upsells of a video course that I have made that is finally finished being recorded and I just need to edit the last five videos. Uh, and I also made the audiobook version, which is also an upsell. I'm also making a video presentation about something unrelated because now that the person has purchased the thing that will help them avoid the six writing mistakes that readers hate, uh, they're going to want to know how to understand whether or not the story idea they've come up with can actually turn into a book. So I have a one-off course about that, even though I'm, I have... (laughs) I have all these giant dreams, okay? I have a plan that leads to something called the Academy of Storytelling, which I hoped to open at the end of this year. I don't know if that, uh, at the end of next year. So I don't know if that will happen. I'm working toward it. But I was sitting and thinking to myself, what is the worst thing that could happen? What if I fail? And I... I played this game for lots of different reasons. Uh, one of the things that I've had to deal with in the last you know, few years is death. And so I play this game about that. Well, what if Travis died? He's my husband. 
uh, what would I do? And I, I know all the systems that we have in place. I know our trust. I know all the financial things that could happen uh, if he were to die. And the only reason that I play this game is because then I can keep living without this like crazy fear of the worst thing possible happening. For me, that would either be uh, my husband passing away or my kids passing away. And so if I know what the worst thing that could happen is, then I can keep going. And I have to take stock uh, for my writing career as well. And today I posted a post on Instagram about how, you know, I was waiting for the right time to show everybody my diploma, my certificate, my copy editing certificate. And it just felt like there's so many crazy things going on in the world. What significance can this have for me or anyone else right now? And uh, I, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and post it. Travis had told me to do it. Maria, my partner uh, in literary symmetry, she was like, you need to do this. You just need to put your diploma, your certificate in a frame and put it up somewhere you can see it. Because if you can see it, you can see proof that you did something really hard. And uh, that's the same thing that Travis said. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then I thought, well, I already did this really hard thing. Now, what's the worst thing that can happen if right this way flops as a course? And the only thing that I could come up with was that I had learned so much. I had been able to put all these thoughts uh, into words. And if no one likes it, if, if it doesn't resonate with anyone, then the worst thing that can happen is that I failed to market it because I wrote it. Well, I got it edited by Maria, of course. Uh, and I learned new technology to be able to format the different PDFs and I learned how to do audiobook narration. I mean, I learned how to put together a course. I mean, I've learned so many things to be able to make this course happen. Uh, and it, if I fail, if I spend a bunch of money to buy printed versions of these books and I don't ever sell them, the worst thing that can happen is that I will have all this knowledge that I've acquired over the last five months and that I will have a tool ready in case I meet someone who wants to skip over the 10 years of critique work that doesn't actually help you as a writer. And I do think critiques have their place, but I don't think that they're the most fruitful place to begin one's writing career. And I talk about this in uh, Write This Way. 10 years of writing experience and six easy lessons. <laughs> That's the subtitle. And so I was playing this game yesterday and I thought about you because I'm sure wherever you are in your writing career right now, you don't want to think about what's the worst thing that could happen. But I want to push you to go there because then you'll see that it's not that bad. It's survivable. It might hurt, but you can get through it. And that's why I play this game, you know, uh, thinking about my family or difficult moments is because I've been through some really hard stuff already. And if the worst thing that I can imagine happens, then I know it's survivable. And that's something that, you know, Mr. Rogers was always talking about, Fred Rogers, who is a huge hero of mine. Uh, he was saying, you know, if you can talk about emotions, then they're, they're like tangible. And when they're, tangi when they're tangible, they're manageable. I'm totally mess wrecking that quote. But that's the idea of what he said. 
And that's what I do. That's what I teach my kids to do. And when I first got married to Travis, I couldn't think about that. I was like, what if he gets killed in a car accident on the way home? Because he would drive on the one, uh, you know, PCH every day to go to work. And that is a crazy drive. I mean, if you've driven in LA, then you know, it's just insane. Uh, It's not quite as crazy as driving in Athens, Greece, I'll tell you that. But it was just a fear that I had. And I would never let myself think about what if he does get killed, then what happens? And the answer to that question is that I will still be living. You know, I will still have to keep going. And at that point, I had Ksenia, so I would be a single mom. But I wouldn't let myself, uh, that's my oldest daughter, by the way, I wouldn't let myself even think about it. And so I had that fear hovering over me. And so now I play this game for everything, and I have to let myself think through the process of what if I never write a perennial bestseller? Because that's the, that's the goal, right, for all of us. Uh, we, we, I've talked about writing goals on this show, but it's that thing where you're like, I want to be uh, the next Hal Elrod, okay? Let's use him as an example. And he wrote The Miracle Morning. And he uh, self-published that novel, and he makes lots of money from it, millions of dollars. He was able to use that leverage and the fan base that he has to sign another multi-million dollar deal for The Miracle Equation, which I have not read uh, The Miracle Equation yet. But so that's kind of like, as an indie author, that's the main goal. Uh, And as a writer, you want to get published and... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of traditional publishing for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is book death, and that's when no one orders more after your first print, and your book disappears and gets bought, it gets sold back from the bookstores. It's just a horrible process. Uh, If you don't know that about the the traditional publishing world, there are a lot of unfortunate things that can happen, and getting published is not really the ultimate goal because that doesn't mean anything. I mean, yes, okay, I will tell you, if you have gone through the process of writing a manuscript and finding an agent and having your agent sell that manuscript, yes, that is a big accomplishment, but that does not guarantee that your book will get out in front of a lot of reader eyeballs. And for me, that's what I kind of want. I want people to resonate with my stories. I want to find readers. I want to find uh, like-minded individuals or people who think opposite of me and want to give me a one-star review. If I can get them to read one of my books, I feel pretty darn good about myself Uh, (laughs) because the fact that we disagree didn't deter them from reading my book altogether. But so, you know, we have these goals, and I think a lot of us want that perennial bestseller. We want passive income that will change our lives forever and give us the freedom to be with our families, uh, the people that we love, And also to have the financial freedom to do what we want. Like, for example, if I had financial freedom, I would be working on the Wolfie books right now. I wouldn't be doing anything else. Uh, I wouldn't be... uh, And I would finish my Plunge into Darkness series. Like, I would write the books that I want to write, not caring whether or not they make a significant amount of income for my family. And that's kind of uh, a common goal. I know a lot of people will say, well, I want to be famous. What does that mean? 
that's a very vague goal to have. I don't think it's a good goal, actually, because we've talked about voice and relationship and power, which are the three aspects of personhood. Uh, so I'm thinking about all these different things and they're mashing together in my head and I'm playing the game. What if, you know, the worst thing happens? What if no one likes right this way? What if everybody hates it and you don't ever sell any copies of it? And I was like, okay, well, the worst thing that could happen is I've learned a whole bunch of new stuff. I've pushed myself. I've challenged myself in ways I've never challenged myself before. And I can't really see any negative aspect of that. Okay, maybe you could be like, well, Kristen, you lost $1,000 in printing costs. And you have, like, boxes of books in your basement. And I would say, the $1,000, I would gladly pay to someone to teach me all the things I've learned through this process. So I don't see that as a waste. Uh, because I learned most of this stuff for free. <laughs> just by working really hard and finding tutorials. I mean... I'm a hustler, and I don't necessarily think that that's the end-all be-all is that you hustle, but that's just who I am. Uh, also, I'm a workaholic, so that's something I try to balance. I've talked about that on this show before. But And then, so the $1,000 is not that big of a deal to me because, like I said, I would have paid that gladly, uh, you know, in a better economy, <laughs> right? So I can deal with that. And then the boxes of books in my basement – uh, yeah, I could deal with that, too, because maybe at some point I'll find, you know, I'm doing, like, a print of 50 because I want to do a print of 100, which is 200 copies, because there's two books. Uh, but I just can't. Right now, you know, finances and that rental, student rental property I've talked about in other episodes, that has sponged up a lot of our savings uh, because COVID made it so we couldn't rent it out right away. Uh, so yeah, okay. I, I'll have a hundred books in my basement that I can't sell, but you know, I'm sure I can find over the, uh, over the span of the rest of my lifetime, I'm sure I can find 50 writers who would like to be able to skip over all the ugly parts of learning writing and just know the things that readers hate in advance. And even if I were to give out those copies, I would be reaping goodwill and I would be reaping the seeds for really successful stories, which is, that is my main goal. If you're wondering, what is this lady doing? I would say my main goal is to help encourage people to write stories that change the world. And I try to do that myself and it doesn't always work or the books don't always sell. But that's how, if, if I could write one book in my lifetime that, that could change one person's life, I would consider that a success. I would consider that worthy of all of the effort I've put into this career. But I don't want to do just that. That seems too small to me. So what I try to do is create books, create courses, and create uh, an environment and relationships that foster good storytelling. Because maybe I can only write one story that changes the world. But if I teach other people how to do what I do, then maybe I can influence hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of stories that go out and change people and make them more compassionate or more empathetic. And so that's, I'm kind of hoping that math is on my side exponentially on this one. So that's my goal. So if I'm thinking, 
what if this one book fails? What if this one course fails? What's the worst thing that can happen? I can't really think of anything negative. Maybe I'll be sad. I guess that's a negative. I'll feel sad, but I won't stay sad because my goal is to write stories that change the world. And my goal, my bigger goal is to write, help people write stories that change the world. And one failed book isn't going to prevent me from doing that. And I also believe that this book has part of that seed in it to help people understand how to connect with the reader by avoiding these six things that drive readers insane. Uh, so that's part, that that can be one of the puzzle pieces that leads to the full puzzle of my dream being realized. And so I want to ask you, if the story that you're working on fails, what is the worst thing that can happen? Can you actually think of a real negative outcome? I can guarantee you that if you finish a story and no one else ever reads it or ever sees it, there's still something positive that comes out of that because you have learned something about yourself. You've learned that you can do something extremely difficult that a lot of people quit doing and that's finish writing a book. It's really hard to finish writing a book. Ask other writers out there. All of us have uh, UFOs, which in the sewing world, a UFO is an unfinished object. It's a sewing project that you start and you don't finish. And we all have those in the writing world too. I have several, several. <laughs> I also have completely finished books that are sitting around unpublished because I don't believe there's a market for them. And at some point, maybe I'll just put them out there for the sake of one person who might search and find the book and it will help them. Uh, or one person who might enjoy 90s style romantic comedies rewritten on a space station with all the genders flipped. <laughs> because that's so specific. Uh, but I wanted to write that book, and I learned a lot while writing that book. So even if no one else ever reads it, that is still something positive. I still can't think of anything negative, and I wouldn't consider that wasted time. And so that's what I'm encouraging you to do, is remember that there's not really a negative outcome that can happen because you fail, which I don't know what your definition of failure is. But if you're thinking that you're going to write a book, your first book, your third book, your fifth book, and have a perennial bestseller, that's just not, the odds are not there with you. The odds are not there with me either. The odds were not with Hal Elrod either. He, I mean, that's the thing is, he's one of the tiny, tiny, you know, hundreds, thousands of a percent that was able to change his life because of writing a book. And he's changed lots of people's lives for the better. But that's not common, and that doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't worthwhile because you can still learn from it. And I encourage you, don't play this game alone, first of all. This is not the best game to play on your own until you've gotten really good at it. Uh, play what's the worst thing that can happen with someone you love who knows what your goals are and work through the idea of what's the worst thing that can happen. Because when you do that, you will find the freedom to be able to attempt difficult things. And that is so worthwhile. And that is one of the steps you need to take in order to use your expensive words to write your story that is going to change the world.
even if it's just for one person. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.